Hi, and welcome to The Trail to Austin, the place to get to know the people of Austin and find out how they became the people of Austin. I'm your host, Bob Morse, and sitting across town, basking in his uh, victory last night, uh, is my co-host, Joel McCall. How are you doing, Bob? Good. How about you? So, like I I was saying, I think we're going to do something a little different this week. Um, We're just going to have a recap of the year because this is obviously been a very unique year for everybody and um yeah so just thought we'd start with that and see where we go from there um as you as you all remember we started this podcast recording at the new world deli and we actually made it out of the deli a couple of times we went to the live oak brewery um i visited with troy smith from t roy cooks and then suddenly we were stuck in our houses. That was quite a change, huh? 2020. Yeah. As some people kind have referred to it, the dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. I kind of threw a curve to everybody and everything all yeah. at once. Yeah, because we've seen, you know, obviously uh, Greg over at the New World Deli has had to have a, a major rethink of the way he does things. I know you've had to you and every musician in Austin's had to have a major rethink of the way they've done things. So yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, it's uh, like Huxley said, it's a brave new world. Uh, We didn't wish it upon ourselves, but those who could pivot have done so gracefully. And then there are those of us who were not quite as graceful. Uh, and so the digital landscape became so much more important than it was prior to March 10th of this past year, because it, uh, it became the main outlet for creative juices. Uh, and that's, and it's a two way street, uh, musicians got to play. Mm-hmm. And people got to hear music. Uh, and so it was a whole new dynamic. I don't want to say it was born, but certainly became essential. And it was, uh, everybody was learning on, uh, on the job, o, you know, OTJ training right there. Uh, and it made for some really lovely performances and it made for some really, really bad performances. Uh, For me personally, I, I see it as a a two prong situation. Number one, on the good side, I can play music to anyone in the world. If, if anybody can get on the internet, they can hear me play. Right. Or they can hear my songs. Uh, conversely, I can do a show with anyone else in the world. The bad side of that is we can't play together because of the latency and the delay inherent in the internet. Right. Uh, and it's kind of 
diminishes the real-time magic that happens when you play with somebody else or you play for somebody else. And there's that uh, sharing of energy and, and emotion, and which is, for me, what the magic of music is all about. Right. So, so um, and like I said, some people knock it out of the park, and we were lucky enough to talk to some of them right. who have really raced the new technology. Um, and then there's some old codgers like me that just kind of got tired of playing in front of a screen. And at the end of the song, it's like, well, okay, there it is. I hope somebody's out there. Yeah, well, I mean, you're getting no real-time feedback with no audience there, so that's got to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. So you have Zoom. Now, Zoom, you can play, and then people can talk to you Mm -hmm. afterwards. Uh, It's... can be rather confusing (laughs) who's talking and everyone's talking at once but the audio quality of the zoom shows was not good now to their credit they've improved the technology i mean let's face it i wish i had bought a whole bunch of zoom stock on march 1st oh hell yeah you know uh I read something that if you bought $10,000 worth of Zoom stock at the 1st of March, you would have 50000 right now. Ah, that's not a bad return on investment. No. 500%? Yep. Uh, so they've upped their game. The, the, that's And they are and will continue to evolve the digital platform to where you'll be able to charge a cover charge and You'll have uh, archived shows that you can go to. And, and uh, Greg Bon Temple at New World Delhi is uh, embracing this, this new idea and, and wants to do establish himself as a digital deli. Uh, wow. Without the food. <laughs> <laughs> but. So it's an exciting time and it's, it's a frustrating time at the same time. Right. So is, I mean, he's still serving takeout food, right? Oh yeah. Well, he still has dine-in service. Oh, okay. Uh, I say that we're under a three day curfew and right. If anybody is watching uh, Austin <laughs> politics and news, we're being sued by the state of Texas. Yes. For uh, imposing a three-day curfew because there's this virus thing going on and we've run out of ICU beds. How dare us? Oh, I know. Although, you know, and we'll get into this next week, but I, um, or next show, but um, I've, uh, you know, been keeping up with a lot of the stuff going on in California and I will say that for all the ways our leaders don't get it sometimes, you look at them and you just go, you just shake your head and go, what are you thinking, man? <laughs> you guys are, you guys have lost your minds. But we'll get into that more on a future show. Um, so how is Greg doing with the deli? He's doing really well. I say that he's... Uh, <clears throat> 
when I first talked to him at the beginning of of uh, this situation, mm-hmm. uh, he was fully funded and could weather three months if he didn't make a penny. I mean, he, he was a, a very wise and astute businessman and, and had that. Who could have foreseen it being nine months later and were waiting for another surge? Right. So, to again, to his credit, he made a swift pivot and changed his business plan, his business model to a pickup and delivery model. And uh, he has a very loyal customer base. Mm-hmm. They've very, very generous in, in uh, patronizing the deli. Uh, so he's has not had to lay anybody off. Which That's is nice. A pretty thing. Uh, up until today and the next two days, you know, he's been able to have 50% occupancy, actually 70% occupancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's getting some dine-in uh, business and he wants to have live music, but musicians aren't, you know, clamoring to perform live because of, uh, being indoors and mm-hmm. it's understandable. Uh, it's understandable. We, we just kind of hope it all, everyone gets their shots and we can play music. So, I mean, uh, you know, we've, We've had some great guests over the last year, and that's been a lot of fun. I think that's that's been one of the funnest parts of doing this podcast is the quality of guests we've been getting on and and being able to talk to. But you know, we've talked to multiple musicians, and it seems like, like you said, they're they're all faring a little differently um, yeah. depending on who they are and stuff like that. What's the general consensus out there in the music community? Oh, it's tough. It's it's tough. Uh, you've got those that are, nobody is making the money they used to make. Right. No, but there are people who are surviving than other people. A lot of people are struggling, you know, uh, and God bless music lovers. They are supporting people. And if you have a favorite artist, please support them. This, you know, the advent of live stream show mm-hmm. has been a, a godsend for many people. Uh, the advent of the Patreon concept, uh, which goes back to the uh, Renaissance days where artists had had patrons. Uh, this has been a, a concept that is is growing, uh, where people would actually subscribe and support their favorite artist with a small monthly donation and in turn receive uh, unique product as mm-hmm. it were music uh, poetry art uh, whatever and so this I think is is a growing concept and, and hopefully will continue to grow it's, it's a wonderful way to support the arts yeah so what, what do you hear about the venue owners? Because, it, I mean, it's one thing the artists can go out, you know, and do something like that. The people who own venues, it's 
Yeah. Oh, it's been brutal. It's been yeah. brutal. Uh, they made a list of venues that have closed, you know, and you've got fairly new venues that had not established themselves. They, they went down early, but then you've got guys that have been around forever, like Threadgills, both Threadgills mm-hmm. have closed and the one-to-one bar, although uh, the one-to-one bar has reopened with new owners. Uh, the, the hook there is restaurants can be open, bars right. cannot. Okay, so there are a lot of bars that are trying to figure out how to serve food and and ostensibly be a restaurant. Uh, it's not a good time to be a venue owner. No, I mean, I know when we talked to Shannon with Esther's Follies, it was, it was nice to hear that she at least owned her building, right? And yeah. so it yeah. was, she wasn't paying rent to anybody, uh, but so many people are not in that situation, you know, and it's like, and even if you do own it, you you've still got the property taxes. You got to pay, even though yeah, nobody's well, coming in. Feel a certain amount of responsibility for your employees that mm-hmm. have been dependent on you, and you've depended on them for your business. Yeah, you know, and if you have no income coming in, you know, it's yeah, blood, turnip. What do you do? <laughs> I know. So, um. Uh, yeah, I alluded to it a little earlier. I, I, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that too. Um, I think my biggest surprise with doing this whole thing is is the quality of people we've been able to get on here. I mean, it's been amazing to talk to some of these people. Well, the fact that we don't tell them the truth about who we are and what we're doing helps. Yes, oh, of course. That's a joke. That's a joke. Right. <laughs> no, it's it's been... It's been wonderful. First off, where we live is a magnet for interesting people. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole keep Austin weird thing. Okay, that's 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 cute. But it's a reflection of the highly creative person that is attracted to Austin. And we have just scratched the surface. Yeah. I mean, I, I will tell you, I've talked to a couple of guys in the last couple of weeks that I would have never imagined, you know, talking to about coming on this, you know, and it's, they've both been here less than six months. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Okay. So as you know, I've, I've been here four decades. And so I'm one of those crotchety curmudgeons. I should have been here back in 81. And actually, I wish I'd gotten here in 78, but that's another story. Uh, and so in my crotchetiness, I find myself bemoaning the fate of my beloved Austin. Right. Talk to these guys that have been here six months, and this is the greatest place in the world. And it's true, and I, I so much cherish talking to these guys and and seeing it through their eyes because if you have to live in texas this is the place to be oh yeah absolutely um i had a thought over the weekend which is something i hadn't thought about in years you know obviously i i got here a decade after you but um 
you know, I was sitting there thinking, I was remembering how much fun this place used to be in the summer. Remember, because you could just walk in anywhere, and it was never crowded, nothing. And, and I started thinking, it doesn't matter what time of year it is anymore. But it used to be Austin was a very different city during the summer than it was during the school year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, June 1st, Mopac was wide open. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could, and you could just walk into any restaurant or venue and it'd be about half full, maybe, if, if yeah. even that, you know. And it was like, oh, yeah, there used to be a difference <laughs> between schools in and schools out. Yeah, well, nobody leaves. Yep. So um, I was thinking, uh, what else was do I want to touch on? Um, I mean, we don't have to we don't have to stretch this out as much as we do with a guest. I just wanted to say stuff to the uh, to the people and let them know we're still here. We're still um, trying to well, book some guests. Hmm? Do you have a, a list of our guests handy? Uh, I can have it in just a moment. Because what I find amazing is the huge field of experiences our guests have had. Oh, yeah. And the wide-ranging backgrounds from Alex Harvey to uh, the first black indie racer. I mean, yeah, that, that's huge. Well, we've had restaurant guys. Um, yeah. We've had filmmakers. We've had internationally famous economists. Yes. Um, let's see. So I've got the episode list here. Um, going through it, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, we had Susan from, we had, our last one was Patrick. Uh, we had Susan from Dripping Springs Chamber. Yeah. Shannon. She was great. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was fun. Susan uh, Kimball is, is, is a hoot. Uh, uh, we had Eric from the Peach Tortilla. Yeah. And I knew a lot of people were fascinated by that one. Yeah, that was, that was a great story. Yeah. And it's a story that would not normally have been heard. Yeah. No, I, I was the moment I saw him in Christian's film, I was like, "Oh, that's a guy I want to talk to." You know, just because he had such a take on things. Um, you know, I think we might have done the last interview Alex Harvey ever did. Really? That was, yeah. I mean, because he passed away like. 70 days after we did our interview in December. Wow. He passed away. Well, that was probably three months. That's, you know, that's another thing. We, we've we lost a lot of people this oh, year. Yeah. I mean, outside of the pandemic, yeah, there's been a lot of uh, high-profile musicians that have, uh, you know, a lot of them, maybe a lot of our listeners wouldn't know, but, you know, other musicians know them. Right. Yeah, of course you have like the Eddie Van Halens, right? That everybody knows. Well, um, Jerry Jeff and Billy Joe Shaver. Yeah, John that one's. I think Jerry Jeff was one that kind of hit a lot of people, and Billy Joe too. Yeah. So we we had Dave Murray. There's some real estate for you. Yeah. Yeah. 
We have Bill Schoening. The voice of the Spurs. I know. That was a lot of fun. Um, I, we've got to have him back. I mean, any of these guests oh, yeah. I'd have back on, but we got to have him back. <laughs> he, he tells more. He tells the best stories. And uh, my, my favorite story he tells is some a, a fan came up to him one time ago. Didn't you used to be Bill Shoning? <laughs> but well, I like the I, I like the editor that wanted him to cover the executions. That was oh yeah. So we had Christian Remdy, the uh, filmmaker, right? Oh, here was another interesting one. I forgot Dan Garrison. Oh yes, I've had a lot of people ask me about that one. He is. And- uh, they are interested in, as a matter of fact, my friend Chris and his brother-in-law, we're going to head out, head out to Garrison's today, and or Garrison Brothers, and they decide the weather was too bad. Well, let's see. Combine uh, our horrible winter weather with high-class bourbon. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, we have Willie T. Ribs. I mean, who would have ever thought we would talk to him? That was an amazing day. And the fact that you discovered him and put that together was, was a stroke of genius. Well, I, di- I didn't have any idea he lived in Austin. I'd seen the documentary on him, but I just didn't have any idea. That's one fast man. Yes, and, and funny. We'll have oh. to have him, you know, he offered to come back on and tell his uh, Ali stories. We'll have to do that. <laughs> it would be fun. Yeah. I imagine he could fill up a couple of podcasts. Yes. Um, we had Christine Albert and... Um, Chris Gage. Yes. And, um, husband and wife. I, I saw uh, Christine, um, or heard Christine on the radio uh, when they were doing their yearly event for Swan Songs. Yes. Yeah. So, it was, I tell you, Christine is a very, very impressive person who is is totally humble and uh, i love her to death you know she and her husband chris gage are two people who really have embraced the digital pivot they are doing weekly shows that are being attended with air quotes here attended uh around the globe and it's uh, they have turned the pandemic into a positive. Are they still uh, doing stuff on behalf of Don's Depot? Yeah, every Monday. Okay. So yeah, I guess that's Monday. helping that place out. Yeah. Well, speaking of legendary places, you know, yeah, still alive. You know. We had uh, Gary Leff, who was uh, with the View from the Wing uh, yeah. travel. That was that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got that in before travel became obsolete. Yes. Well, I did. I will say this: in May of this year, I think it was first of May or so, I bought United and Southwest stock. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. We'll see how that does. I mean, so far it's done okay, you know. But I'm hoping next year and and seeing the number of people traveling over Christmas and. Thanksgiving, I think there's going to be a lot of pent-up demand, so I may be very happy with that investment. 
you know, later in 2021, but we'll see. Well, I wish you the best on that. Okay, now here's another one I get a lot of commentary on. Merle. Merle Brigante. Uh, Merle and Sarah. Another husband and wife, but Merle is a force of nature. Oh, yeah. no doubt. He's another person I think can fill up multiple podcasts without even having to say much to him. Oh, just turn on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> just lean back and listen. So the big question whenever you do a recording project with Merle is, you don't charge by the hour, do you? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you can sit there and listen to his stories for hours. Oh, yeah. Lots of people have told me that's that may be the funniest one they've ever heard. Well, uh, what a joy. And his wife, Sarah, is is a pretty amazing person as well. Yeah. Uh, We had Angelo Sangelo on, our economist. That was interesting. It was very interesting. I tell you, it was. He would, he has the ability to take a very complex subject and put it in terms that even I understand. Yeah, no, I hadn't. You know, I hadn't realized he'd stopped doing the official forecast every year. Um, but he still seems to know everything he needs to know to do a forecast and and what's yeah. going on. So. And then he had that interesting thing. Wasn't he doing something with downloadable music or? or He was doing something with digital platforms. Yeah. Um, and I, I wrote the name of it down. <laughs> I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, this was another really good one. I really enjoyed this one. I think you did too. Uh, Johnny Gowdy. Oh, yeah. He, well... A, what a consummate interviewer, interviewer, which makes a great interviewee. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in the podcast world, he's just kicking butt. There's no doubt. Yeah, I found that one a real joy. It was was such an easy talk. And I think I was surprised how much you guys had in common as far as musical influences and stuff like that, because, you know, I'm going to be kind to you and say he's a couple decades behind you. <laughs> yeah, only chronologically. Right. Experience-wise, he's probably left me in the dust. But you know, we had uh, Scott Feebig, owner of Texas Sausage Company, and that was a really good, timely interview. That was yeah, that was remarkably good timing. Oh yeah, because I'll tell you, I went out and bought a brisket that week because of what he said and slammed it in the freezer and then got to have it in uh, June or so when brisket was $120 to go buy a brisket. Yeah. So. What a weird year. I know. (laughs) We had Chris Gage. That was fun. Chris Gage is, is the perfect Compliment to Christine Albert. Mm-hmm. A, he is an amazing musician. B, he's an amazing human being. And accomplished. He's so accomplished, but you'd never know it to, 
he, he doesn't wear it like a, a banner. He's, he's just so down to earth. Yeah. And then we had uh, Terry Klein. Yeah. Yeah. We've had some good music. <clears throat> All our guests would make a hell of a band. Oh, yeah. Well, th now Terry's doing pretty well on the digital platform, right? He is. He's uh, he's taking a couple months sabbatical from online performances. Excuse me. But he's one of the uh, people who really uh, embraced it and has done well with it. He just put out a single uh, over Christmas. That's one of just a stunningly beautiful song that uh, we need to play sometime. We need to have it back on because this is a song that could become a Christmas standard. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that he was our, actually our first post pandemic interview. Yeah. And so what we had, you know, before that was the one you didn't get to participate in. I'm really sorry you didn't. And that was why I went over to Troy Smith's house from T Roy cooks right. and just had a great time talking to him. I mean, he's a good old Cajun boy. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. Well, and he fed you too, didn't he? No, no, he didn't. But no, we just sat and hung out and talked. And he, I mean, he's an interesting guy. Just, you know, I never understood that YouTube world so much. And I don't think he did either, to be fair, when he started out. Um, but the fact that you can make a living off that is just, just, I mean, I knew these kids were with their stuff, right? But just somebody showing you how to cook good food. Yeah. You know, and make a living. Being an influencer, a culinary influencer. Yeah. And so before that was the one where you and I trekked out to the brewery. Indeed. That was a lot of fun. Um, there on the patio and a guy rides by on a horse. Yep. How often does that happen? And then our one to start the year this year was David Hamburger. Oh, yeah. He is one of the most interesting people I know. I, I, I get a weekly newsletter from him. Oh, yeah? And it is a combination of humor and information and literary references that I would have never thought of. And he is just a brilliant, brilliant man and a hell of a guitarist. Well, so, you know, as we were recapping all that, I'll tell you that some of our guests that I'm trying to line up, you know, they'll ask me who you have on your show. And I'm just like, uh, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no, we've never really looked for a particular type of person just that they're, you know, they have some interesting background or do something interesting or, I mean, hell, I'd even talk to our postman, you know, even though that's not that interesting, but you never know what kind of background somebody's going to have. I have responded to an email that my wife forwarded me about signing up for the COVID vaccination. Mm -hmm. 
the email came from a guy named Ken Bailey. And it had some email addresses. And I was kind of taken aback because I didn't think I'd be eligible this early. And in the email, it said, feel free to call me at this number. So I called him and talked to him and got the information. And I said, oh, by the way, what's what's your position? He goes, oh, I'm the fire marshal. I'm the fire chief. I said, oh, really? I have another question. Would you like to do a podcast? (laughs) I hope he said yes. Well, he said yes. He goes, uh, I told him as the trail to Austin. He goes, well, I'm, I'm the Travis County fire chief. Let me send you the information for the city of Austin fire chief. Oh, okay. Thought, we'll have both of them. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, at the beginning of this year when they first sent us home, I know that our um, our management, as it were, was not thrilled about the thought of everybody working from home. Mm-hmm. And now they're not thrilled about having people come back to the office. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see once we start getting vaccinated how this whole thing unfolds, you know, because it may be, it may be this is a different town. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens to retail office space. Yes. That's the one I think is, uh, you know, everybody says, oh, it'll be fine. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, um, well, you same with the, building all these condos. I mean, because you you see the, you know, I've been reading a lot of articles about all the people moving in here. And by everything we've I've read, this is going to be the biggest record year in history, which seems like we say that every year, you know, but this one mo- even way more than normal i mean they're like this is unprecedented um to the point somebody on the uh, board of realty went to the city managers and said look you this has got to stop we can't keep up yeah this <laughs> this place is gonna you know go into a housing crisis because we literally cannot build things fast enough for the number of people moving in and the other thing they're finding i guess is a lot of these people, especially from the East Coast, don't want an apartment or a condo. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, our whole master plan of everything needs a condo above it. You know, I'm not sure how that's going to work. But we'll see how they react to it next year. Um, yeah, it was, I guess say it was an interesting year. I was really... Uh, how do I want to say it, trepidatious, I guess, a little bit about how things would go with all this. But actually, things have turned out okay. And I think at least as far as this podcast goes, they've turned out great. Yeah. Yeah, as far as podcast goes. I mean, looking back on this year, you can't escape the fact that there are less of us now than there was a year ago, which is really magic. Um, hopefully 2021 is the advent of a new age where we actually learn from what we've been through. Well, I think one thing I think people have learned is what's really important to them, you know, because a lot of people, 
felt like they needed to go out to eat every night. They needed to go to a movie every week, you know, blah, 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 blah. And now they're finding out, well, spending time with other people was what was really important to them. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, but, it certainly has made us examine our priorities. Yeah. And who'd ever thought we'd lived through a pandemic? Every 15 years, right? Well, I don't think this is like any that's been the last 15 years. <laughs> well, no, no. This this one is a little stouter. I think it makes you worry about what the next one's going to be like. Well, the thing I was thinking is, um, you know, lots of generations have their life event, you know, or whatever. Like my grandmother's was obviously the Great Depression. You know, and she could tell you everything about the Great Depression and what it did to their family and the way it made them live and stuff like that. You know, and then, of course, there was World War II and then Vietnam and the World Trade Centers. Um, And then now I think, you know, for this generation, obviously, this is going to be an event that's going to shape their lives. Yeah. Yeah, this... This will be a whole, not a chapter in a book, but a whole book in Mm -hmm. an encyclopedia. Yep. Well, any thoughts on 2021? Well, I am excited to see the end of 2020. (laughs) So um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm I'm excited for change. You know, I I have my frustrations with our political system, but we're going to try something different. Yep. You know, without getting into personal beliefs, uh, I sure don't think what we've done recently has worked, at least not for my taste. Now, I, I will tell you one thing to touch on the political thing. I've been really disappointed in this whole we don't believe it's true. We're, we're going to fight it every step of the way. We're, you know, I don't know if you saw this this morning, the Williamson County Sheriff is pulling the same thing. I'm like, I don't want that to be a way of life. You know, I, I don't know if you can put the toothpaste back in the tube. Yeah. I just, I thought, well, we'll get this one guy out here. Nobody will, would dare try that again. And now we've already got a guy trying it. Yeah. You know, elections are the bedrock of democracy. Yeah. I never thought I'd see a day somebody wouldn't just walk away and turn over power. Yeah. That's in the face of so much counter so much opposition yeah. it was like no anyway <laughs> yeah no i don't i don't want to go down that road either i will say this about 2020 i i really was thinking about it and how you know it, it seems a little weird to put a you know something on a year oh it's you know it's a year i mean there were bad things happening oh 2020 is a bad year you know to assign a quality to it like a bad year but uh, I was thinking, I really wanted to say to 2020, 
I really wanted to use the very eloquent words of our former governor, Richard Perry, and say, 2020, adios, mofo. <laughs> Thank you, Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, what? here's to a better year. Yep. Well, no, here's to the life getting better in general, always. Yep. Bob, Cheers. I've appreciated uh, our conversations. I look forward to new guests. Yes. And as we trudge the trail to Austin. Yep. So we'll see you next time, folks, on the trail to Austin. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. And Happy New Year. <laughs>